Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm glad you're here. We're going to be talking this evening about two important concepts that we really have to understand if we want to understand how we get sort of entwined and enmeshed and entrenched uh, in the muddle with a hijackle, a difficult person, a, a person who has a tendency to want to take over the relationship, run everything, manipulate, maybe lie a little, maybe a lot. Um, these difficult people that I talk about I call them hijackles because I thought we needed a name that did not have a clinical diagnosis attached to it. So we could just talk about the way these people behave, what they do, what they say, what they expect, what they demand, all the things that go with it. So I created the term hijackles. And to my definition, hijackles are people who hijack relationships for their own interests and needs and purposes, and then proceed to relentlessly scavenge a relationship for power, for status, and for control. So if you think that's going on in your relationship with a parent, a partner, a sibling, an adult child, or the person in the next cubicle, you're definitely in the right place. So many times I bring you ideas and and how to recognize something that's going on and what to do about it. Today, it's kind of a double whammy. I'm going to bring you two things. Beware of introjection and projection. And we use those terms to be very carefully defined. So you may have heard of the term projection because that's something that is more often spoken of. So we'll talk about that first. And projection is really when you're not very happy about what's going on within you and you don't want to confront it, you don't want to take care of it. So instead of doing that, you throw it at the other person and say, this is what's going on with you. (laughs) So that's not a very um, deep definition of that. So let's try this one. Projection is displacing one's feelings onto a different person, particularly attributing one's own unacceptable thoughts, motives, and behaviors onto another person. So think about that, how the hijackle does that. They displace their feelings, their bad feelings, onto a different person. So they'll particularly attribute their own unacceptable thoughts, motives, and behaviors and say they're yours because they don't want them. They don't want to accept them. They don't want to believe they have them. They know they have them, but they don't want to believe they have them. They don't want to take accountability or responsibility for it. So therefore, they project it on you, just like a movie projector. 
you know, whatever is on their screen, they're projecting onto you so that they hope that it will not land and be part of them. So this becomes a very important thing to know. And when you're dealing with projection, the hijacker wants to avoid confronting their own unacceptable feelings. So it's sort of that there ain't no flies on me kind of thing. Like, I'm fine, but you have a problem, right? It gets all entrenched in there with all the blame shifting and everything, which you'll see as we go on. But they just cannot face up to inadequacies. Now, don't be putting your compassion hats on too firmly here, but remember, you didn't break them. You can't fix them, but I can help you understand a little bit about what's going on in there. And they are so afraid of being wrong or blamed or shamed that they immediately have these defense mechanisms that throws everything back at you. So you know that everything becomes your fault with a hijackle, right? <laughs> Everything becomes your fault. You plan a picnic and it rains, it's your fault. The weather is your fault. Everything is your fault. Income taxes are your fault. Everything is your fault. So they cannot take on any fault load. They will not. So what they do with it is they say, no, that's your problem. You have that. So, so they can talk about the problem without ever owning it. Now, that's really convoluted, isn't it? That's really complex. It's difficult. They have a feeling, they have a thought, they have an issue. They don't like that it's true about them. So what do they do? They offload it on you. And that's called projection. So that's what blame shifting often is. And I did a whole podcast on blame shifting. You might remember that or go back and listen. And if you've been enjoying these things, go back and listen to other ones of them. You can go to um, Save Your Sanity podcast um, and hear all of them on my website. Or you can go wherever you like to get podcasts and you'll find me there. <laughs> Just put in Save Your Sanity, and you'll find me there. And if you'd like to support the work, which I really would appreciate it if you did, if you find value here, go and create a donation, a monthly donation or a one-time donation at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity, patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. So blame shifting, you know, Again, you go to, to a hijackle and you say, I'd like to talk about this problem. No sooner do you outline the problem than all of a sudden you are the problem. And that is a form of projection. <clears throat> they don't want to deal with it, so it hits their light and they project it back on you. And it's important to understand that so you won't take things personally. The healthier people... We're self-reflective. If somebody says, we do this, we'll have a think about it. We will say, do I do this? Do I do that often? How could it perceive, be perceived that I do that? And we'll actually consider, is this mine? But a hijackal refuses to have the capacity to do that. They do not want anything negative or even remotely negative to come anywhere near them. So therefore, they turn it on you. 
Therefore, it's really important not to take it personally, to be able to see that that's a projection. And actually, I'm learning something about the hijackal. I'm not going to take it on. I am going to put up my Teflon shield and let it slip off and say, hmm, that's curious. So that's what you're afraid of. Now, don't say that out loud. You know, you never poke a hijack call if you're following my advice. But that's what's going on in your head. Here you are telling me all about me. Actually, what you're doing is giving me an inside look at what's going on within you. And if you can make that flip, if you could come to that place of not taking it on, not not just grabbing onto it like your Velcro. <laughs> no, don't do that. Turn on your Teflon and say, I know these things aren't true of me, but how interesting is it that you're bringing them up and blaming them on me, so you're giving me an inside look at you, Mr. and or Ms. Hijackal. <laughs> Very important. Um, but the problem with this whole interaction, because they won't own any of these things, they won't confront any of these things, is that it makes them very difficult to solve problems with, right? Because they don't ever have a problem. You are always the problem. So you can see how this compounds things and why it's really important to understand these topics, because it's nothing to do with you that they will not take something to resolution. Yes, it's something to do with you because you'd really like the resolution, but it doesn't mean that there's something to do with you that they're talking about. So if you could take that other position, it would be helpful because hijackals use projection to protect their self-image in their head. <laughs> they they want to make sure that they're fine and everybody else is wrong. Then somehow they can breathe easier. Whew, they dodged a bullet or something. But for you, as the child or the partner or the mother of or the worker beside, it's important not to take these things on and take them personally. I know that's so easy for me to say and much more difficult to do. I understand that. But hopefully, just hearing this often enough, you can create that separation. You can begin to say, I have done the self-reflection. I've looked at myself. I honestly do not believe I do these things. And therefore, maybe it is just projection on me and I need to take it as information about the hijackal. And what it requires from you, starting in small ways, as you probably heard me say before, little tiny ways, is boundary setting, boundary expressing, and boundary maintenance. Really important. So if you are just learning to set boundaries, Again, go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com and there's a little magnifying glass there for the search and just put boundaries in there and you will find the podcast I've done on boundaries. So projection is a really big thing that we have to be aware of and hopefully you are aware of it and now, of course, you definitely are <laughs> because it will save you a lot of heartache 
yeah, you still have to deal with the fact that somebody's blaming you for everything. But if you know that you're not the one at fault and you just become curious that the hijackal is telling you what they're really afraid of inside about themselves, that can sometimes help you through some of the tougher spots. And I know it is always unfair that if you have a hijackal in your life, you end up doing the work because they won't. I understand that. I empathize. I sympathize. It, it's just the way it is. They are not going to do the work. But if you can do the work, you can keep yourself a lot safer. And that's really an important thing to be able to do. So we've talked a lot now about projection. Quite simple. We know what a projector is. We know that it shines light on somebody else, on the wall, not back at itself. So hijackals project what they're afraid is true of themselves onto you and then say, no, you have that nasty trait or you have that behavior or you think that way when really that's not true at all. So understand that one. And then let's look at this one that you may not have met before. You may not be well acquainted with this. And it's so important. And that is the opposite of projection. Okay. Projection is when the hijackal is putting it out of them onto you. But when we get to introjection, this is a different process entirely. And so what introjection is, is when you unconsciously internalize, take on and incorporate the characteristics, ideas, or attitudes of other people, read hijackles, into your own thoughts and behavior in order to reduce anxiety or fear of loss. So that's really important for us to understand that to kind of be safe, well, I'll take it on myself. I will, I will become that other person. I will be like that other person. And maybe then they'll like me. Maybe then they'll, they'll feel more my presence. Maybe then I can fill in some place where I'm feeling empty or blank. And so I'll be like them in order to reduce my anxiety or my fear that they will go away. And the first people that behave like that in our lives are our parents. Introjection is how we learn from our parents so much. We just unconsciously take on their beliefs, their attitudes. You know, you watch a little child who's just learning to stand up and you see how carefully they've been watching the people in the house because you'll watch that little child stand there and you go, Wow, they, they stand just like their dad. <laughs> they've been watching. They've been unconsciously picking up even, even the stance of somebody. So if you need that outside authority to like you, which is the case with children, then you will unconsciously pick up the attitudes and the thoughts and the behaviors and the desires and the requests of other people. And it goes even further. If you were a child and you had maybe emotionally unavailable parents, I've spoken so much about brain development, but because you're little and your brain is not not developed as much as it will be, um, you you 
try to be like the parent that's absent to assure yourself, to give yourself some sense of security that, oh, they're not absent. So you, you try to take on their essence. And that is interjection. It's a protective strategy. It's a defense mechanism. And when you unconsciously internalize and incorporate these characteristics, you hope that you will get it right and your anxiety will be reduced and your fear of loss will be quelled. So a child exposed to a negative home life unconsciously absorbs that they're worthless or they're incompetent or they're guilty of something or they're not interesting or they don't deserve attention and love. They just take it on. And it's a problem, a really big problem, because they feel unable to freely express emotion after a while. They're living other people's emotions. They're living for what will happen if the other person does this, and how will the other person like me? So it may be difficult for them to individuate, which is a healthy thing to do. You know, we all say, oh, these kids, they get so difficult when they become teenagers. Well, it's because they're individuating. They're saying things like, well, you might think that, but I don't. And that is individuation. They want to have their own thoughts. They want to say, I'm different than you. I'm separate from you. Um, sometimes we say they rebel. They want to be so different and so separate from us. But individuation is healthy. But if individuation doesn't happen well, we can be living from the results of introjection. And so we'll become very self-critical. Our inner courtroom will work overtime. You know, I think about my own family. You've heard me say before, I'm an only child of two hijackles. And I think about the times that to get their attention was absolutely so difficult, except when I became exceptionally good at playing the piano and singing. And until that time, I was a nuisance. And I think in one other podcast, I told the story just to illustrate that. I remember so distinctly, my parents owned a store and we lived above the store. And my parents were always in the store. So one Sunday when the store was closed, I was seven years old and I asked my mother if she would come and play with me. And she told me that she was too busy. And I remember doing this myself, but I remember it because my mother told the story at my expense many times. I said to her, I don't know why you had a child. You're either too tired or too busy. Now, fortunately, I, for some reason, did not take on the level of interjection that I could have because I could see them a little more clearly. I was just fortunate. But that doesn't mean that they didn't make all kinds of inroads on making me second guess myself and my worth. And was I only worthy when I played the piano, when I was only worthy when I played the piano and won something? And that's how we take on who we are. So when we individuate, we take that with us, you know, so you take on, perhaps I certainly did. I became hugely self-critical. 
my mother's tape was running in my head with all her criticisms all the time. Even when she wasn't present, I was hearing her voice. Have you had that experience with a hijackal parent or partner? You're already knowing what they're going to say. You can hear what they're going to say. You can see the look on their face. You know what's up. And it's nasty stuff. Really nasty. And we have to get that out of us. You know, I have clients all over the world and we all have the same problem. We all need to get rid of that. And it is entrenched in us. It is almost in our tightest corners and crevices of our heart and soul and mind. And we have to slowly get that out, right? So I like this definition that I found for interjection from the Good Therapy blog. And they wrote that interjection may lead individuals to pay an inordinate amount of attention to the beliefs of others rather than their own personal needs. So do you find yourself always in, what is the hijackal need? What do I need to do? How can I please them? How can I stay out of their way? How can I give them what they need and hope they'll like me? Well, you know what happens in that situation. The more you give them, the more they want. You can't ever fill up a hijackal's cup. It's impossible. It has a hole in the bottom. You just can't do it. And I'll say it again. Remember, you didn't break them and you can't fix them. It's so important to remember. But if you get all in, entrenched, then interjection may lead you to be spending all your time trying to figure out the hijackal. What do they need? What do they want? What do they believe? How can I be like them? How can I see things their way? And you lose yourself. You just lose yourself. And that is not healthy. It doesn't feel good either, but it is not healthy. So when you're with a hijackal, you're trying to please them, or maybe you're afraid they'll leave. Either way, you can fall victim subconsciously to interjection, and you might internalize their criticisms. You might start believing what they say is wrong with you is wrong with you. Even after you've done all self-reflection and asked all your healthy friends and they've told you, no, that's not wrong with you, you may start believing it because of your tight relationship with the hijackal. And you might start taking them on. Those criticisms may become part of your inner courtroom, of your inner critic, and they play out and play out and play out. A lot of the times I'm helping my clients find the places where those things are stuffed in and getting them out, being free of them, because that will cause us to have a loss of self, as I said, a loss of self-confidence. Like, whoa, if I, if I can't be me, I certainly can't be confident being them. So now I've got a real problem and also a lack of individuation. As I said, we get really absorbed in how can I get it right? So the other person will like me or not leave me. We get all involved and that's kind of warped and crazy, but it's very natural for many people to just bit by bit find themselves entering into that dynamic and then they're exhausted by it. And then finally, they say, ah, this is not good for me. Hopefully, they say that. And they end up here at the podcast 
or on my YouTube channel for relationship help or at my website for relationshiphelp.com and you start looking into what's really going on. So introjection is important because it also contains pieces of the cycle of abuse. You might start believing what your abuser says and feel as worthless as they tell you you are. I know a few light bulbs just went off. Allow that moment of grief and sadness to to be felt, but know that you don't have to stay there. Because when you get into the cycle of abuse, you may get so entrenched in that cycle of abuse that you start believing the bad press that is not true about you that the hijackal is selling. And you may start believing that they know you better than you know yourself. And that is a terrible thing that they like to say to you. Don't ever believe that and don't ever make that true. They do not. They are using you. And you must see that. You must understand that. You are being used. You are being manipulated. You are being deceived. Very important. So if you have started to believe what the abuser says, or if you have started to uh, have this interjection where you subconsciously start to be like them, then we can get into that place that people ask me about all the time. They ask me, I always thought it was the hijackal, but am I the hijackal? They've got you second guessing yourself and questioning your sanity because you have taken on this um, words, these attitudes, these blames, these criticisms, and now you start to behave like the abuser. You know, many times I'll see on Facebook and I'll respond to it. People will say, well, I gave the hijack all. They don't say that. They say the narcissist usually. But I, I gave the person back some of their own medicine. Whoa, that's introjection. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Yeah, you may have a victory for a hot minute, but it doesn't work because of this cycle. And you start becoming like them. You don't want to be like them. The question I always ask when people talk about that is, who are you? Are you like them? Do you want to be like them? Because if you're giving them back what they gave you, you're turning into them. Otherwise, you would say, no, that's not who I am. It's certainly not who I want to be. So it becomes very important to get clear on that, truly clear that you do not want to be an abuser. You do not want to be somebody who is controlling. You do not want to be someone who is deceitful. You do not want to be somebody who is abusive. And, you know, I did a whole program on reactive abuse. That's where they the hijackal pushes you and nudges you to get really, really angry. And then you get angry, which is the reactive abuse. And then they say, you see, you're the abuser. You can look that one up too. It's on reactive abuse. So you could become an abuser from all the blame shifting. You have to be really careful 
You know, if these words are landing for you, spend some time asking yourself, what have I taken on here? Am I actually trying to fight fire with fire? And that won't help. It really won't help. And because you can see how interjection and projection lead you to ask the question, am I the hijackal here? I usually tell people if you're able to ask that question, it's highly likely you're not the hijackal. But still, the, the relationship drives you to that point. And its underlying features are the projection and the interjection. So it's very important to recognize these two things. Very important. And you're not them. You're not the hijackal. And you have no need to become them. No need to become them. But you have to be careful. You have no need to accept what they're serving. It doesn't mean you stand up to them. It means that you don't accept what they're serving in your head. And you have no need to agree with them in your head, right? We don't poke hijackals. But if you begin to understand that what they're selling is not the truth, it's not the truth about you, and you are not going to have them project their worst fears about themselves on you, then what has to happen is you need to get some perspective. You need to get away. Maybe we need to talk about it. Um, that's an offer that I always have for you. Your new one, new client one-time offer, $97 for the an hour with me. If you want to check something out, if you think you're the hijackal, let's talk. Go to beaclient.com, beaclient.com. And if you really need a safe place with other people who need a safe place and are going through similar things to you, come on over and join my Emerging Empowered program. It's my community, Emerging Empowered Community. And you get two sessions a month of a group Ask Me Anything call with me. It's a really valuable place to go. So go to joinintoday.com. Joinintoday.com and ask your questions. I'm in there all the time answering questions. Talk with other people, support other people, vent, rant, do what you need to do. You're safe. It has no connection to social media. So go to joinintoday.com. So the big thing you need after thinking about interjection and projection is perspective. You need to step back because you can't see it when your nose is in it. <laughs> and so step back and say, is it possible that I have become so involved in the feelings here, so fearful, so exhausted, so used to being put down, torn down, worn down, that I am not seeing this clearly anymore. And I am taking it on subconsciously. And I don't want it. I really don't wanted. So I hope that this podcast episode will cause you to say that I don't want it. You're not going to give it to me. I am giving it back and I'm going to do that all internally, but I'm beginning to see the dynamics here and they require a change. They definitely require a change and that change starts within you. So I hope that this has helped you see clearly
and that you can now get some distance and perspective. And of course, you're always welcome to come on over and talk to me at beaclient.com or join the community at joinintoday.com. So until we speak again, be reflective and take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.